Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer, Brandon Ulrich with you. Wow. Quick update from the World Cup. This is a spoiler alert. Japan up 1-0 over Belgium. Belgium just hit the woodwork. They just hit the bar. So there you have it. This hour of Oilers now. Brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all, and they could be doing it all for you. So one nothing Japan in the 49th minute. Uh, Belgium was a big favorite in this game today. Top 10 uh, team. In this hour from Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins and... To provide us some perspective on uh, where the Islanders are at right now, our old friend Arthur Staple from The Athletic. As we head off to the, uh, we will tell you, second hour of orders now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it for you right now. Uh, we head off to a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree has Buck Cherry. July 14th, tickets to Ticketmaster.ca. We welcome back to the show. Reed Wilkins, Reed, how are you? Hey, good, Bob. It was funny. I, was, I had the same reaction you did when Belgium hit the post. I knew, I knew you had the game on. Man, I watched most of the first half, and what was it, 85% possession for Belgium, maybe yes. more? Yeah. And, and then Japan really had, they had that good scoring opportunity late in the first half. But I think if it would have gone in, it would have been called back on offside if yeah. they would have gone to the replay. And then they, they get a break and, and a great shot just barely inside the post. But this has been all Belgium, and I assume it's going to be all Belgium for the last 40 minutes of, uh, of regular time or if it goes to extra time. They've, they've just been clearly dominating and better possession, better, better oh, yeah. passing. And, you know, Japan's blocked a few shots. Goalie made a couple saves. But, man, what a... What a counterattack for Japan. This would be a huge upset if they hang Well, on. they've got, I mean, Belgium's got three of the best players from the Premier League on their team, right? Like, they've got three of the probably top 20 players in the world on their team, but they're chasing right now. You know, De Bruyne had, I think De Bruyne was the player of the year this year in the Premier League, and uh, Aiden Hazard has been a terrific player for a while. A lot of people think that he'll end up with one of the two uh, Spanish giants with either Real Madrid or Barcelona. And then uh, Romelu Lukaku is a, a, a gifted, you know, center forward that can really score. So, uh, anyhow, that's soccer. Uh, you and me had a, a, a long day. Not a long day. Uh, an interesting day yesterday. Uh, the less is more perspective for the Edmonton Oilers. And maybe I, it's funny. Eh? You have that limited cap space, read, And, wow. Oh. Well, now Belgium's in trouble. Spoiler alert, uh, Japan has scored again. It's 2 nothing. So, uh, anyhow, um, here we go. Uh, you know, reading past years, we've done shows, and the Oilers have signed guys like Ference and Fain and Pouliot. Uh, obviously, Sekar in 2015, 2016, Milan Lucic. But all was quiet on the Western Front yesterday until Edmonton landed Tobias Reeder, which for me was a surprise. Give me your thoughts. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought he would have been able to maybe get a longer deal than a year, but but he said it in the interview. Uh, he wants to come in and, and hopefully knock it out of the park and then go to the Oilers or go to free agency and say, uh, hey, look, I'm a guy that can play higher up in the lineup or contribute more with if I'm with better players and, and maybe get a bigger deal. I, I It seemed from talking to him that he's pretty excited to be on the same team as Leon Dreisaitl, both German players. They've played internationally together before. He referenced... Uh, you know, talking to Leon earlier in the day. And I wonder, Bob, if if he gets the fir- the first look on Dreisaitl's right wing in in the preseason. I mean, I think they're going to start Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Ratty together. And I wonder if he gets slotted in there on the right side off the hop uh, ahead of somebody like Puliyarvi or even Yamamoto, or I don't know if they would move Cassian up, Cassian up but... Or, you know, I think I don't think Aberg is the first choice to go up there. Or if, if there were if that's gonna be the number one competition in training camp is who is Dreisleidel's right winger. And I think Reader will get as good a chance as anybody. I think Yamamoto has the most potential out of out of those yep. three guys to be a point producer. And, and I know that Puliarvi was drafted way higher than Yamamoto, but you kinda of referenced it early earlier, Bob. I'm still not sure what Jesse Puliyarvi is. is. Is he a sniper who can finish? Well, he shows flashes of that, but then it goes away. Is he a playmaker who can forecheck and free up pucks and then get it into the scoring area? Again, he's shown flashes of that, but it hasn't been there consistently. I, I think Yamamoto thinks the game better than Puliyarvi, and that gives him an advantage. But, but for this year, could Reader, because of his speed and maybe enthusiasm to play with Dreisaitl, could he be a guy who barges his way into the top six? I, I think that might be the most competitive position as we go through a training camp in the preseason. What's interesting to me, Reid, uh, with Ratty is he had a good close to the season, but he's never had an impact at the start of a year anywhere he's been, which is a sign of what? It's a sign that he hasn't trained the right way. And this is his chance. He's got a one-way deal at 800 Nugent Hopkins believes in him, uh, you know, and Nugent Hopkins and McDavid appear to be starting, you know, uh, are, are a tandem here. And so they're going to, you know, he has to capitalize early. I could see, you know, I, I would say, well, I could see Ty Ratty being the first line right wing for the first 20 games and then Yamo uh, Moto supplanting him at some point. But you know what, Reed? Based on Ratty's history, his problem is. He, he gets better as the year goes on, but he gets himself into trouble early. So for me, that's going to be a storyline to watch. Is, and, and we're going to know fairly quickly in training camp with Ty Ratty and for that matter with Yamamoto. Because what did you see during, uh, and I know we're not supposed to gauge too much in a development camp, but who separated in the development camp when they started scrimmaging? Well, forward-wise, it was clearly Yamamoto. Now, there were other guys who did it. In bursts, I think McPhee did it with his work ethic and his smarts, and McLeod clearly had some speed that that paid off, and I think can continue to pay off as he gets older. But Yamamoto's confidence with the puck, his presence with the puck, his, his he's fast too. His ability to find guys, he made that nice little delay pass move to Bouchard for that big slap shot goal, and and he should. I mean, I think if you went into that uh, development camp game, which let's face it, it's not highly physical or competitive but you know it's competitive enough if he, if he wasn't one of the top three players I think that would have been disappointing you make an interesting observation about Raddy and, and even he said last year 
with Bakersfield that he wasn't as good earlier in the season right. and that he had to work on some defensive stuff. And look, you and I both know, Bob, that a lot of times the best the best indicator of of future performance is past performance. And the larger body of work for Ty Ratty has been that he's a quadruple-A type player that, that can really put up some good numbers when he's going in the AHL. But in the NHL, he hasn't been able to sustain it over a longer yeah. period of time. And I think the 20-game um, point that you threw out there, I mean, if we're sitting there 20 games in and Ty Ratty has five, six, seven points, then, yeah, it, it's it's going to be Yamamoto time. If he can push a little higher and yeah. maybe, you know, have, you know, four goals and eight assists or something like well, that, what happen- he can stay there a little longer. I guess, Reed, what, hap- what happens if, if Yamamoto just completely outplays Ratty in preseason? That's a question. And it's possible based on Ratty's history because he's been a slow starter. Now, you mentioned Reeder potentially playing with Dreisaitl, and, and that's the other part of the equation here is – it's not just who management and coaches want to see play with who, right? It's also the players have got to have a feel like, you know the guys liked Yamamoto last year. They, they kind of adopt because they knew he was smart and he could put the pocket in, and he was kind of unlucky not to have been more productive. It was like Dreisaitl in the 37-game the stint during the 2014-15 uh, year. Like, he scored two goals, but he was unlucky not to have been better. If you looked at the advanced analytics, his numbers weren't that terrible, right? He just couldn't score. And Yamamoto was a bit snake bit. And so the guys kind of like Yamamoto. And, I, and you know, you, you mentioned the fact in Reader's case, well, he's got Leon as an advocate. That's a big guy to have as an advocate for you. I, I think that's a good point. And with Dreisaitl as well, we saw a lot. I, I know his, his points per game was around the same rate of, of the earlier year. But he wasn't quite the same player. He had that early season injury. Yeah. And like a lot of Oilers, he didn't check as well as he did the previous year. And I, and we saw it late in the year for Dreisaitl. I mean, the team was well out of it. He was having a revolving door of wingers. And I think, uh, for me anyway, Bob, I got the sense a lot of games, Leon either wasn't overly enthused with who he had on his wings, or he felt like, geez, I don't know what these guys can do. I'm going to have to do a little bit more myself, and he wasn't distributing the puck as well, or he was trying to force some plays. I think if Leon gets to back to that level where he really trusts his wingers and he feels if he gets them the puck, something positive is going to happen or the puck's going to come back to him, then that elevates his whole game. Because when I, I know Leon has the size, he's pretty good in faceoffs, he's a great passer, but the games I really remember from the playoff year were yes, of course, games he got points and big goals, but where he almost looked like a shark going in there on the forecheck or twisting guys off pucks or using his body to protect pucks. And one of those guys who would welcome contact uh, while he had the puck to free up his teammates. So if, yeah, you're right. If, if he and Reader want to play together and, and share that enthusiasm for it, then yeah, they could coach the force the coach's hands to put them together. Well, and, and, and hey, Leon played a fair amount with Lucic and Aberg. And Aberg may have already cost himself an opportunity here. Even though he had a decent start, he couldn't sustain it. Uh, and then Luch, I mean, we know what the numbers were. You know, one goal in the final 48 games minus 18. And that down the stretch, uh, you know, we saw Dreisaitl basically go from plus 8 or 9 to minus, I think, 10 by the end of the season. 
And then the other thing that didn't happen for Leon is he didn't get any freebie points in the power play. So the reader thing, he's going to be in the top nine. Brodziak, uh, you know, that that's a pretty firm, distinctive fourth-line center that's got a defined role. Uh, and that's going to provide some opportunities for some other guys, including Kara. Who, who I think could end up on the, you know, because I don't think Paul Yarby Reed has to play in the top six to start, um, but I could see Kara being back with Strom and Paul Yarby to start the year. Maybe Kajula and Cassian being uh, the wingers for Brodziak. Your thoughts? I think Kara's a third liner. I mean, I know some uh, talking to some people from around the league who you know have no interest in how the Oilers do. Right. See Kara as more of a more of a third liner. I, obviously, he started slow last year, got held out a couple times, and I think he kind of woke up a little bit. Where it's like, okay, I got to put the work in. Yeah, I got to be a reliable player. And the, the bit of the the extra thing for me with Kerr is he's got the size, he can fight. You know, he, he he'll use his body. When he has that extra split spec second to get a shot off, he proved he has a pretty good wrist shot. I mean, remember that goal in Winnipeg right after Christmas? He put it right under the crossbar. Yeah. There might have been another one against Boston. He did like that. So that's what I like about him is he has the ability maybe to get you 10 to 12 goals uh, plus be plus add a little bit of toughness. That's a pretty good third-line left winger. And I think, yes, he maybe he won't start. Well, he probably will start there, but I, I, I do think his career path is more of a third-line type player. Now, here's the other thing, though, Bob. Does, if, if Lucic is fighting it again or Kara is really impressive out of camp, does he push? I, I mean, is there any possibility in your mind that Dreisaitl, Kara, and Reader could be a line if, if Luch is struggling or they choose maybe to shelter Luch a little bit with, with expectations and have him start in more of a third-line role? Because Luch each finished that way, right? He was down to more 11, 12, 13 minutes yeah. late in the season. That, that could be another combination. I, I, you know what? It's a valid point. My argument to that is I think they need to get him engaged from day one. Oh, sure. They, right? for, for the contract, they need him to be they, top six. That'd make him feel like he's important for sure. Which but means he's going to get a shot. Again, though. Yeah, which means he's going to get a shot back on the first unit power play as well. Bob Stoffer, Reed Wilkins with you. Reed, of course, with Inside Sports and the Orders Radio Network. Reed, uh, let's briefly talk about uh, Calgary today signing or late last night, James Neal. Uh, your thoughts on the moves that the Flames made? Well, I've always liked Neil. I mean, the guy just continues to score, right? No matter where he is, he's going to get you 25, 30-plus. He's, uh, I, I just think he's a, a good all-round player. He can forecheck, and that helps Calgary. Uh, I mean, again, like a lot of the deals, can you question the, the length of the deal? Sure, is he going to be as good near the end? We don't know. I think those are valid questions, somewhat similar to the Oilers signing of Lucic. Uh, Derek Ryan, I love Derek Ryan. I mean, I got to interview him yesterday. I'm thrilled for him as a person. I was surprised he got that much money, Bob. Same uh, I here. Mean, three, three years. Same here. A little over 3.1. No, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. And, and uh, you know, I remember when Latestu signed three years ago, he said it in the interview, it's a life-changing amount of money. And I'm sure Derek feels the same way. But that's, I guess it proves that if someone goes to bat for you, uh, you never know when it's going to pay he, off. He had multiple offers, read it, three times three. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's what, you know. Well, and I, I guess with Pete, I was going to say with Peters, 
The relationship goes back to junior. Peters was a big part of yep. giving him a shot in Carolina. And good for Derek to make the most of it. Now, maybe, you know, not seeing every single Carolina game, maybe I'm underestimating Derek's impact. I mean, his, his point production was, was decent. I think he got, did he get up to 38 this year? Or he would have been fourth on the orders in scoring last year. Yeah, well, I mean, that's so, so there you go. So maybe I'm underestimating him. And also this, the, his his intelligence. I mean, a reliable player. You can put him out in any situation, and not and maybe he's not doesn't excel at it, but you don't feel like you're putting himself at a disadvantage. So, again, a little surprise. But if you're if you're saying there were multiple offers, then then, then maybe I'm underestimating him a little bit. But I think Calgary. Yeah, I don't know. They're going to be interesting to watch. I, I think that getting Lindholm and Hannafin, those are guys who maybe aren't at their peak yet, and maybe two, three years from now, we're going to be saying, man, did that ever really pay off for Calgary? I, I don't know if it's going to be a huge payoff this season, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And one final thought, uh, not like the Toronto Sports Network needed to talk about the Leafs some more, but they were fully justified yesterday with the Maple Leafs landing John Tavares. Are we? Is this a super team being built, Brent? Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, with the arrival now of Tavares to complement uh, Austin Matthews, and they've still got Marner and Nylander as well up front. I, I find your your uh, super team angle really interesting, Bob. We're going to have to keep talking about that, maybe do more on that throughout the summer here. I think offensively that has the potential to be one of the most potent offensive teams Maybe since the lockout wiped out the entire season 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, I mean, the power play, they should have two really good power play units. Obviously, the, the three centers down the middle. Uh, I mean, how how many uh, Matthews, Tavares, and Kadri, how many goals could they combine for yeah. this season? What's the over-under? Like, maybe 110? Is that is that a stretch? No. That, that they, One guy could get 40. or well, Yeah, 40, and then a couple guys, 35. Why not? I mean, I could I, I, see, think, I could see Connery getting twenty-five to thirty, but I could see Matthews scoring forty to forty-five, and Tavares scoring thirty-five to forty. So I think the question with the Leafs is is going to be the defending. They, they, you know, and they they couldn't keep up with Boston's pace and energy through most of that series. They took it to seven largely because of Anderson. And I think the question now with the Leafs, Bob, and the Jets. They're now in the Oilers storyline from this time last year, right? Yep. How many people are going to pick the Leafs to win the cup? Well, they they teams? went to number one today, and right, in Vegas. right, and and same with the Jets coming out of the West. I mean, second overall went to the conference final. Now the question is, can can their goaltenders do it again? I think especially in Hellebuck's situation, and how do they manage the expectations? How do they handle that first little skid where they go? Oh, three and one over a four-game stretch. How does it affect their confidence? Because clearly, the start battered the Oilers' confidence last year. So, I, those now those two Canadian teams, the expectations are elevated. Can their attitude match it over the whole season? What do you got tonight coming up on Inside Sports? Uh, Blake Dermott's going to pop on to break down the latest Eskimos game. Uh, we'll have more on the Oilers' free agency. I think uh, Brendan Ulrich's helping me out with a couple of guests tonight, and Jason Moss is in with Morley from seven thirty to eight. All right, great stuff. Thanks, Reed. See you, Bob. It is 125 in Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We will get to some texts when we come back on Oilers Now.
When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. 128 in Edmonton. Spoiler alert. It was 2-0 for Japan. Belgium has scored on a terrific header that uh, caught the Japanese guardian a little off kilter, and we got ourselves a 2-1 game in the 70th minute. You can text us at 6.30-6.30. Bob, what are the chances that somebody offers sheets, Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner? That text comes to us from uh, Grand Prairie. Highly unlikely is what I would respond to that. Highly unlikely. Nobody gets offer sheeted anymore. This text uh, from Evan out of Abbotsford, B.C. Bob, do you think that Patrick Maroon might be waiting to see if the Oilers can make a trade to clear space for him? Well, I think Patrick Maroon, there's only one guy that gets traded, and that would be Milan Lucic in that scenario that Patrick Maroon, if you're suggesting that. I will say this. Patrick Maroon is represented by Elaine Waugh. Elaine Waugh also has Kyle Brodzik, Mark Letestu, Chris Russell. Uh, I think in a perfect world, yeah, Patrick Maroon would like to see that happen. I just don't see that happening. I'd now suggest it's up to a 95% chance that Milan Lucic returns as an Edmonton Oiler at the start of the year. I just don't see a trade happening. And I think that Maroon might have to settle for a shorter term than he was hoping for. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update. We're going to talk about the uh, New York Islanders. They lost John uh, Tavares yesterday, and Arthur Staple will join us from the Athletic when we come back.